You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Murray right, gets inside, back to Jokic, shot clock winding down. Jokic has to put it up. High on three, oh, he knocks it down! Stepping backwards, falling backwards, and the shot clock expiring. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now, one of our favorites to talk about the NBA playoffs, Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops. You can follow him on Twitter at underscore Noops. Thanks so much for joining us. So the Nuggets pull it off. They get the series sweep against the Lakers. What have we learned that we didn't already know about Denver after this four-game sweep? I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure that we did really learn anything. It was just a lot of confirmation of what we've seen throughout these playoffs, throughout the the regular season, even the last couple years. Nikola Jokic is just unbelievable what he can do on offense. And I was trying to think of comparisons for him, and I could really only come up with, like, a taller, goofier version of Larry Bird or, like, Dirk Nowitzki, Mm -hmm. but he can pass or something and much worse hair. Like, it's just hard to figure (laughs) out what we're watching here, but it's incredible. Every single night this guy is is finding ways to make his team better. Uh, He makes triple doubles look as easy as any player has ever made them look. It's just no matter what happens, Denver has probably the most valuable thing that any team in the league has had all year. They can always get a good shot, and that's because of Jokic. No matter what is happening – they can get him the ball. He's going to find the right person. And it's it's all coming together at this point. And I think, you know, we're headed for a Denver-Miami finals. And you look at both of those teams, good coach, great lead player, good and just enough support guys. I think it's going to be a fun finals. But, you know, I think the only thing I really learned last night is maybe LeBron James is going to leave L.A. Maybe he's going to retire. I'm just excited for cryptic LeBron quotes. Uh, we're going to have to wait a while. But uh, when I first tell you Denver – Minus 300 to win the title. What's your reaction? It feels like I, I'm going to be betting the Heat again. And it's that's just kind of what I've been doing at this point. <laughs> I don't know if this Miami team is – I don't understand why we're not getting any – they're getting any respect at this point. Every postseason, Eric Spolster shows us that he is the best coach in the NBA. He is the guy that knows what strings to pull, is happy to make changes, is able to build, you know, two and three defensive schemes per game against some of these teams. Uh, Jimmy Butler is, you know, one of the stars that the hardest thing to do when you're a great basketball player, and I'm curious to see how Tatum and some of the guys from the Celtics respond, is be ready for those big moments. Uh, Jimmy Butler seems to be living his best life. He is having fun out there in close games in the fourth quarter when other guys are kind of getting a little scared. It's just, it's so much fun to watch, and 
Uh, you put that together, they've got Bam Adebayo, who's one of the most underrated players in the league. I'm actually really excited to watch him go against Jokic. I think there's definitely a chance he might be able to slow him down a little bit. And then the undrafted free agents. I, I don't know what Miami's doing, but everybody needs to be taking notes. Uh, they've got four guys, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, and um, Gabe Vincent that were undrafted players. Everybody in the league could have had them. And the Miami Heat have them. They scored, I think, 45 game one, 60 game two, and 75 or something in game three. It's just amazing how great this Miami team is. But the Nuggets should be favored. That home court advantage in Denver is incredible. And like I said, Jokic and what that offense can do, it's going to be really hard to stop, even for a smart team like Miami. But Miami has a chance to win that series for sure. Yeah, and so what is your overall assessment of the Celtics, the job that Joe Missoula has done? And he was talking after that last game about how there's a disconnect between him and the locker room, which is something you probably don't want to say publicly, even if it's no. true. Some people think he's going to get fired. I don't know if that's a knee-jerk reaction, but it sounds like a mess there in Boston right now. At the very least, he needs a lot of PR coaching this summer. Uh, some of the stuff that he has said at the end of these games and press conferences, it's just embarrassing. And you think about the position the Celtics were in, just a horrible position. Number one, you never want anybody behaving in an organization like what we heard M.A. Odoka was doing. But to have that happen just before the season, after they let their top two assistants go somewhere else, you know, basically it's just going to be M.A. and kind of everybody else was the plan. Now they have no Udoka. I don't know why they didn't reach out to Quinn Snyder, who I believe they could have signed at that point. But they go to Joe Missoula, who I don't know what this necessarily is – means any, everything, but I think it's a good perspective on Missoula. If you watch in NBA games now, there's so many assistant coaches, some of them don't even sit on the bench. They sit back in that second row. That's where Missoula was for the last two years. I just wonder if you're the Boston, you come out and say, we did extend him, we're maybe not going to fire him, but we all got together and talked about it, and maybe this wasn't the right time to make Joe Missoula head coach. So I don't know if he gets fired, but I'm definitely expecting someone else to be there, whether it be a top assistant to help him or a new head coach, and he guys kind of goes into a secondary role because something's got to happen. You have a team that was up 2-1 in the NBA Finals last year and just got embarrassed by Miami after losing two games to Atlanta, almost losing to a mess of a Sixers team. Uh, something's got to happen. So I don't know, again, if it's a coaching thing. Maybe all the rumors we're hearing about Jalen Brown. Maybe it's finally time to swap him out and try something new. But uh, something's got to change here in Boston. I think the easy answer is Missoula. The tougher answer is maybe trying to move some of these pieces and creating a little different roster. Missoula could be the easier answer, but that means the Celtics would have four different head coaches in four seasons. Is there a concern there, lack of consistency for Boston, that maybe that's one of the problems that they're experiencing? I think it's definitely tough to have all that coaching turnover for sure. You have a lot of consistency in other parts of the organization. You know, Brad Stevens is still very locked in, even though he's kind of gone upstairs. I think that definitely hurts, but... I would rather have a coach I trust as opposed to consistency at this point, right? You have to pick something. So I don't know if another year of Missoula and creating that consistency is even a good thing. Is that consistency you want? So it definitely hurts, and it would be good to have these guys maybe have the same message, but it does. It feels like it's just – it's a little tired there in Boston. They have to find a way to get a new air, a new sound in that locker room and get reinvigorated. Alex, it's only one and a half. Miami minus one and a half tonight. Another sweep? I certainly think so. I, I don't know what 
Boston can do differently. I don't know what they're going to do differently. Again, if I'm Missoula, I'm benching Horford. Horford has just been completely overmatched in this series. He has gotten roasted. Mm-hmm. I'm starting Time Lord, and I'm starting Brogdon instead of Derek White at this point. This is it. This is the last chance you have you know, to steal the line from the water boy. You can't hold anything back. So let's get weird <laughs> with it. Maybe bench Time Lord. Just tell Tatum. Tatum's got a guard. Bam. We're going five guards. It's all small. We're going to shoot 63-pointers tonight. But that's what you kind of have to do, and it does. It sounds like the way Missoula's talk and the way you hear some of these players, it does feel like it's over, and maybe they all pack their swimsuits to just kind of head to the beach after the game. So I like Miami mm-hmm. tonight. I could, I've liked Miami all series. I'm just going to probably play a team total over for them, You know, maybe try to find some alt spreads, because I think if this is done, it's going to be a blowout. I think there's a chance this is Miami in double digits. At the very least, they're going to put up a big number. So I'll play a team total over, and then wait to see when some of these alt spread lines kind of open up a few different places. I'm looking at MGM right now. You know, you could get the heat, um, what is it, minus 3.5 plus 110, minus 8.5 plus 200. I'm probably just going to sprinkle all the way down there because it does. It just feels like that last game was a knockout punch, and Boston's just got no air left. Can't believe I didn't get your reaction to Carmelo Anthony retiring. No, I'm just kidding. What up, props are you going to be on tonight? I I know, right? (laughs) I I saw somebody make some sort of Carmelo Anthony joke, and I never followed up on it. But, you know, that's nice. I didn't realize he was unretired. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any props you might be looking at tonight, or are you just going to stick to the bets that you just mentioned and stay away from the prop market here? I'm going to try to see a little bit, uh, you know, what some of these Boston players look like. And we'll try to, again, look at some unders here. Um, I expect there to be, you know, maybe some lineup changes for them. Or at the very least, if this game gets out of hand, we've seen Missoula just pull the starters late and kind of give up here. So a lot of this playoff betting from a props perspective is trying to find guys whose minutes are constantly changing. Is there someone who's going to play more minutes? Is there somebody going to play less minutes? So I'm going to look at maybe somebody like Horford, try to play his unders. Um, you know, as far as Miami goes, I'll be a little hesitant to play some of their overs because I do think there's a chance they win by a lot and kind of pull the starters there a little bit late. So try to think about, you know, who's going to play a lot, who's going to play less. And I tend to think in the playoffs, it's better to go with unders. There's just more chance of these games being slow. There's just more chance of these guys getting kind of yanked. So I'll look at Horford unders and stuff like that. So Noobs, I want to circle back to LeBron James here. And if it, when it comes to, say, betting on Lakers futures for next season, I know we're going to get a lot of cryptic quotes from him, as you alluded to. But does it seem like that this is part of a negotiation tactic? Is there perhaps some value in backing or fading the Lakers based upon this tumultuous offseason that we are all anticipating? It's now, I think, the third summer in a row where he started just saying things where I'm not saying anything, but I'm not not saying anything, and it's just plenty of fodder for people to go through, but this is the first time he's talked about retirement. He's even really even mentioned that word, so I wonder what he goes through this offseason because... You think about that series, I think that's the first time LeBron maybe has felt limited. Last night, he was incredible for three quarters. It was some of the best basketball we've seen him play in a long time, and he had nothing in the fourth quarter. Those legs were heavy. He's breathing out of his mouth the whole fourth quarter there. So I think he's going to take some time and try to figure out what this means for him. Um, He is one of the most... He's one of the greatest athletes of all times in terms of building his body and investing in that. I wonder if we're going to see him 
maybe try to cut some weight here a little bit so he can be better. But I, really, I have no idea. At the end of the day, I'm going to keep betting against the Lakers because that's kind of what I do. But the team was a little bit better. I just I don't really believe in this all staying together, especially if there's no major changes. So unless they can find a way to bring in another piece, even if LeBron stays, there's just not enough juice in the glass. Whether it's uh, LeBron or Glenn Rivers, you find new reasons to hate them, I'm, I'm realizing. He's a mouth breather. He's breathing through his mouth. That's just oh. something you notice. When people are tired. If you see him, like, you know, they're, 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 they're cooked at that point. And he did. He looked exhausted. Like a panting yeah. dog. <laughs> he did. Uh, there's no so doubt about fire. that. Uh, so you're not going to take the Lakers 10 to one next year. I, I don't know if you took a look at that market or if there's a team that you're you thinking, Lakers 10 to one. It, it, no, uh, it is going to be active, but, uh, is there any team maybe with some value that, that you're considering or that you're going to be watching closely once we get to what is expected to be a, a very hectic off season? I'm going to wait a little bit probably to be more positive on teams, but I am very excited. Every year I try to find a good team and, and bet them to miss the playoffs. It's going to be the Dallas Mavericks next year. I hope they get DeAndre Ayton. That is going to be awesome. Um, they're going to get DeAndre Ayton. They'll all of a sudden become the favorite to win their division. They'll rise up in all the regular season win totals, and I will be licking my chops to bet the unders there. I think that team is just a mess. So, I'm, you know, it's I hate to be negative, but I'm kind of cheering for that. And then just on the other side, if there are teams that will be more positive in, it, the Nuggets win the title and are not one of the three championship favorites going into next year. For some reason, they're still behind Phoenix. I'm just going to bet Nuggets stuff again. Jokic is so mm -hmm. good. This team is so deep and well-constructed. That home court advantage is huge. So I'm going to continue to be positive on the Nuggets. Again, if they're behind Phoenix for some reason, that's going to be a good bet. And then I'm just waiting for Mavericks futures to open. I can't wait. That's going to be a, just a mess. Yeah, that should be fun. I always want the Mavericks to do well, and then they disappoint me. It is interesting, though, that you bring that up because you said the Heat seem to not get a lot of respect, but really the sports books have let us get some value on the Nuggets this whole time, and it's been head-scratching, hasn't it? And the heat. It has. Before the playoffs started, <laughs> yeah. I had had some Nuggets futures. I think I came on and talked with you guys. They were behind Phoenix. It made no sense to me. They have home court advantage. They were going to be favorites in that series, and they were behind them. So it's people are writing about how Miami and Denver, and this is going to be kind of a bummer. I don't get it. I couldn't be more excited. This is going to be a great NBA Finals, and we'll see. Maybe mm -hmm. the market will continue to disrespect those teams, and we'll just have value going into next year. But that's what it's been, and it's confusing. I want to talk about the NBA Finals MVP market because there are two obvious favorites, assuming that Miami doesn't collapse. Uh, Nikola Jokic minus 225, Jimmy Butler at 3-1. to one. But Jamal Murray is one of the big reasons why the Nuggets are in this position in the first place. Because he's healthy, Denver is a completely different team. He is 10-1 to one to win Finals MVP. You see value there. I do. I think that when you think about the finals MVP market, it's a lot like the Super Bowl MVP market. The guys that are really going to get all the attention, the quarterbacks, if you will, like Jokic and Butler, are soaking up a lot of the equity here. And when you look at Jokic minus 225 and Butler plus 300, you're kind of just looking at a series price at that point. It's been adjusted down a little bit, but Murray 10 to 1 and then Bam out of bio 40 to 1, both of those guys are worth the play. Uh, Murray could score 35 points a game. He's been dominant in some of these fourth quarters. If he has two 20-point fourth quarters and the Nuggets win this series, there's a great chance for that. 
And then Bam Adebayo, again, if, if Jimmy Butler isn't spectacular and Bam is able to be the first guy to really find a way to slow down Jokic and he's able to get 20-some points a game with maybe a couple big defensive plays or something like that for the highlight reel, both of those guys have an absolute chance. And, again, Murray at 10-1, to 1, they're telling us there's a less than 10% chance. That number is too low. You look at Bam Adebayo, he's 40-1. to 1. They're telling us it's about a 2.5% chance. That number is too low. So I uh, like value in both of those secondary players because, again, and the market is going to give all the proper attention to the top dogs. Good stuff there. Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops. Follow him on Twitter at underscore Noops. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board with a smorgasbord of NFL news right here on the BetQL Network.